As believers in Christ, we are called to follow after Jesus and go and make disciples. Upon this, we are called to be fully devoted and true. But what does that look like in our everyday lives? What does this mean for the church? This is a podcast dedicated to teaching and discussion about complex issues in our day and how a disciple of Christ should be engaging in these relevant issues. Hello everyone, good to be with you wherever this finds you. I'm Kira Wenish, your children's ministry director. I will be leading today's 16th podcast. Today, Pastor Nick and I are going to talk about what it looks like to have God's word governing our homes and parenting in a Christ-centered home, along with Ben Webb. So my first question is, uh, most of us find ourselves in a new situation. For some, it's working at home, learning at home, doing everything in our homes. For others, it's isolation in the home and having to do more in the home versus going and doing. How are we adjusting to these new situations? I think this is an important topic and I'm glad we're talking it through both for our congregation, but being that we're living out in our lives is so relevant to today. And as I think about that question, Kira, and thank you for uh, leading this podcast, I, I just think about my own family and what we're going through raising teenagers. The situation we're in the home where they're home a lot more, both because of activities being canceled, but also because they're doing at home school, all the different hats my wife has to play. Uh, more time together is an incredible blessing, but it also comes with more bickering, more things to deal with. Uh, so it's blessing and difficulty all at the same time. The challenges. And it's this weird dichotomy. And so we're just dealing with that every single day. And Ben, I think you would probably say the same thing. Yes, for sure. So we are blessed with uh, four kids, my wife and I. Um, oldest is 10 and the youngest uh, being one. And so lots of challenge there with you know them just kind of getting into school and then not being able to go. And then just the expanse of time spent um, sharing the same toys in the same house definitely leads to a lot of challenge. Uh, my wife uh, works, and obviously I work here at church too, so then balancing our schedules, um, it becomes quite what feels like a kind of a circus someday. Yeah, that's a good way of put it, a circus. All right, yeah, that is, I think, very relatable for many people. Um, I know that many parents have gained a new job title of teacher, while still maintaining their working title, whatever that may be, these parents, I can imagine, are wondering how do they maintain a healthy, Christ-centered relationship with their child while working, checking homework, teaching lessons, but also performing their regular duties as a mother or father or homeowner. Um, what about families of essential workers who cannot be home with their child? How do they find encouragement in these times of isolation or just... So something so different. We want to cover the whole gamut here. I mean, there, there are people who have never faced isolation that they're facing. And then, you know, like our situations where we have kids at home and, and there's just so much more going on in a sense. Um, so, so we want to do our best to cover all, all, all of the above. But let me start with this. Um, I would say the same for my wife who has worked through this uh, part-time and also has become teacher at home in so many ways. Uh, I'd also say this for other friends of ours. I know one situation 
of a gal we're good friends with, and she's, she's still working full-time. Her husband's full-time, but he's at the office, and she's working from home. But she has three little kids, and all three of them need a lot of help with schoolwork, because we're talking like kindergarten to third grade here. And, and she said, basically, my normal day is this, you know, homework from, you know, or work at home from about 8 a.m. till 3 o'clock, and then I have to start my job at four or five o'clock, and sometimes I'm going to one or two in the morning. And I thought, that, that's crazy. And she said, I'm not just pulling my hair out. Like, I don't think I can do this anymore. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ben, Katie, uh, maybe you guys have faced the same thing. I don't know, but maybe speak to that. Yes, uh, definitely faced some of those challenges, I think, back to initially back in March when this whole thing kind of crashed down on us and schools closed, um, uh, it was not functional. You know, we would have both work and be working at the same time trying to help kids on their iPads to get their school done. Um, not really practical, and I think summer gave us a bit of a hiatus, and then coming into the fall again hit us pretty hard. And I think... It's easy to get by in a normal sense of a busy routine as a family when you're sending your kids to school, you go to work, and you have all these different venues in which you, you have your relationships, and then you come home for a little while. Um, in some ways, looking back at it, it's almost like a honeymoon period where you're only together for a little while, and then you can get through it. Um, but like the question, you know, how do you maintain a Christ-centered relationship when those other avenues are gone. You know, the honeymoon phase is over in a sense where you don't have activities you're going to and you're crammed into the same house and mm. maintaining those Christ-centered relationships. I mean, I think it kind of takes away, this situation has taken away the false things that make it easy and it exposes kind of the, the things going on in our hearts, the foundation on which our relationships have been built. Um, and I got to be honest, as a family, that, that got pr pretty rocky for a while. Um, but I think the Holy Spirit has been gracious to help us kind of work through that and find well, how does the gospel really relate to my daily life when I don't have the distractions that make it easier. I, I, there's no question about that. I, I think that what this has done is it's exposed certain idols in our lives, certain things that we weren't dealing with because our lives were so busy or whatever it it'd be, and we haven't had to deal with them, or we weren't together on those things or those issues. And all of a sudden, they're front and center because, because that's what happens when you spend, you're spending that much time together. And, and, and here we have, you know, these things come to a forefront, and whether it's with the kids or even in, even in, in my marriage, and, and we're dealing with, with it like never before. And, and what comes to mind for me is... Um, Boy, the time that needs to be spent going to the Lord in prayer, understanding that there, this, is a, this is a spiritual matter too. You know, Satan wants to attack. He wants to destroy the home. He wants to disunify. He can take any situation and, 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 and use that to, to hurt what is good and what God, you know, wants to use for his glory. Um, but God's really good at doing that too. In fact, he's much better at doing it and taking something that's difficult and, 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 and using it for good. And so here, maybe you want to speak to that in relationship. You're in a unique situation and that you're, you know, you, you're just married. Mm -hmm. 
uh, new job, you know, new life together, that sort of thing. And, and you're doing it in this weird environment in 2020. Um, yeah. yeah. What's going That's yeah. been difficult for you, I know. Yeah, it has been. Um, 2020 has been a, um, a year of great new things and of great new trials. Um, so it, lots of life changing, um, not just because of COVID. Um, well, I graduated with my master's in architecture. I got married and I got a new job here at Emmaus. Um, but kind of amidst all these great things that have happened, a lot of not so great things have also happened. When I was finishing my master's, um, I had to finish my thesis project in my bedroom of my college dorm, which is in the basement of the building. So not only, I like never got out. I think there was a week I never left the apartment. Um, but I had no, very little access to my professor and to my classmates who in an architecture firm or architecture um, masters, we, um, it, we were so, we needed that relationship. We needed to discuss, it was a discussion and we needed to exchange ideas. So it was so different to not being able to see people and just to have that discussion at any time. Um, but also um, the job I had when I graduated lined up, uh, it fell through because of COVID. They, they didn't have as many projects going on. Um, so that happened, but then we also had to cut um, our wedding list in half, which just added 200 times more stress than what mm -hmm. any of us needed. Um, and we didn't get to go on the honeymoon we wanted to Puerto Rico. Um, but now me and my new husband, Logan, we are trying to find our new normal in a world that isn't normal right now. And so it's kind of like, figuring out how, how do we, like what's, what's our schedule like, but we can't go anywhere. Like our date nights are going to Taco Bell to pick up our food, and eating at our <laughs> yeah. dinner table, which is like not even fun because we're in like our pajamas and it's like, well, this, this is cool, I guess. But you know, it's like, we don't have that social interaction. I feel like going back to how you were talking um, about how, or even Ben, when we were saying how you don't have those events that you have during the week, like we can't even make those new events. And I feel like it just shows how much we depend on that, that community, how we depend on socializing so much that, I mean, God talks about it in the Bible, how we need to have that interaction with people. That's why we come to church. We have a community. Like church isn't a building. It's the people that are in it. Yeah. And so I feel like that's, that's, why it's so hard, we hate not having church in person. And so I feel like that is kind of one of the biggest things we're trying to get back in person. And I feel like we just need to realize that socializing and the community are so important. And I feel like COVID is showing us that right now. Absolutely, it's showing us that now. Although we have this great, you know, this great means through technology, uh, it's showing us our, our need to be together. Um, uh, how important that is for a staff, uh, for, for our workplaces, but, but also just for us personally, right? And we have to be intentional about that. Um, I think about, well, first of all, this, this podcast is devotional in nature, and so we, we want to go to God's Word, and we want to be encouraged, even as we're talking about some of the things that we're facing right now. What comes to mind in being intentional about keeping Christ at the center of our home however that looks and the things that we're facing. I think of Philippians 1, 20 and 21. It says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not 
be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's kind of like the, the, the classic scripture reference for what we live for and what we're about both in this life and the next. And yet it really actually gives us insight as to how we deal with the things that we're dealing with in the home and outside the home in relationship with one another and, and, and even in isolation. It's my eager expectation and hope, which is in Christ, not in my circumstance, that I will not be ashamed both of my actions, activities, and whatever I put my hope in, but with courage, I glorify God with everything I do, with my mouth, the way I speak uh, to my wife, the, the way I interact with my kids, the way I diligently keep at my work, and, and yet knowing things are different, and I don't know what's around the, the corner. Uh, it speaks to all of those things. I don't know, Benny, you have some thoughts in that area, but... Yes, and I think... As I think about that question, I think about um, relating with uh, the kids especially and how to glorify God in those relationships. And something that has been very um, important for me is to also remember the way that Christ has dealt with me. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy in my own flesh in relationships with the kids to to want to try and control things or organize things or, or to have them behave in such a way. And when they don't, then I have to, you know, lay down here. Well, you're going to get consequences. Mm -hmm. And to, to sit back and think, well, how has Christ dealt with me? You know, how has he graciously been patient and loving and firm in truth? Mm. You know, how has he showed his, his care and interest in me? And then thinking about, you know, maybe I need to step back and put myself aside and just listen and, and, and love and care as Christ has dealt with me. Um, it's not easy. Uh, a lot of times, um, you know, the dishes still need to get done. You still have to make dinner. And the child is still screaming because you said they couldn't eat candy. Um, yeah. But, th you know, that's real life. And how, how does Christ deal with us? And I think, you know, one of the poignant moments for me, you know, with months back with all of our youngest, you know, just being young and you get to the end of the day and you're totally exhausted. You've got nothing left and you're sitting there rocking the kid to sleep and finally the kids are quiet and you have a moment to realize, okay, I could deal with the mountain of housework and life work and not to mention the bills that I've been neglecting, hmm. but all I want to do right now is not move. And then I had that picture of like, oh, you know, Olive is just sitting right here on my lap asleep. And I was like, why do I, why do I think this is all on me? Because I have a heavenly father that I can come to and essentially just do what my daughter is doing right now. Just sit in his lap and be like, God, I got nothing. Mm -hmm. And the, the joy and the strength it gives then to serve in everything for his glory, it's not for my, it's for my heavenly father. It all comes down to the gospel for sure. It reminds me of John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friend. I mean, it's as simple as that. When I'm, when I'm selfless and humbled, uh, first before God, um, denying myself and putting others before me, 
uh, it's always going to help the situation, especially a tense situation, especially a difficult situation, in any relationship matter and in any circumstance. And that's what Christ did for us, and that's the same grace we want to share with each other. And I can't encourage our listeners enough just to say, you know, God is going to use this for his good if we allow it to humble ourselves and uh, we realize our, both our need for him and our need uh, to um, put others before ourselves. Kira, that's kind of an important thing for a newlywed like you as well, isn't it? You know, how, how do you do that in, in, in the environment in which you were just married into, so to speak? Yeah, I think that definitely has a lot of effect in especially me and Logan's relationship, though we've been together for many years, almost eight years now, coming in January, but um, being married and spending all of our non-work time together, which is new and different and exciting, um, there is definitely where I'll passive-aggressively be washing the dishes, being like, why aren't you helping me as you're watching videos on the couch? But it's also like knowing and recognizing that he also is doing a lot that I maybe am not seeing or um, that, you know, he maybe took out the trash without me knowing or he uh, pulled chicken out so we can have dinner. It's kind of like not assuming that they're doing nothing or assuming that you're doing everything. I think that was something I had to learn. Um, it was a, a tension that me and Logan had, I think, at the beginning because um, I was asking him, I think I saw him at the beginning not doing a lot, and so then I asked him to do a lot of things, and then he ended up doing more than I did, and then, you know, it's kind of like, how do you balance it? Um, and so it's kind of, it definitely, there is a, a grace that needs to be given, kind of like understanding what you're feeling, um, all the stress that I'm feeling, he also is feeling something stressful as well, and so it's kind of realizing that we're all in COVID, we're mm. all struggling and even if we're in the same house that we are also struggling together and to have grace with each other. I think it's important to relate your point there, Kira, to really any situation and that is um, whether you're in a situation of isolation or you're living with, you know, six kids and, and, and four dogs at home, something like that, um, you know, and, and things can get tense. You know, the, a lot of that issue is, is not just, it's not just physical, it's a spiritual issue, and a lot of that takes place in the mind. So let's just say your situation is one in which you've had way too much time on your own, and you're longing for, uh, you know, more, more fellowship, but, but you're, you've been really careful through all of this COVID and um, I, I just think of what kind of um, difficulty that can be mentally for someone. And yet, uh, often, a lot of our struggle takes place in the mind and how we overcome that. And it reminds me of what 1 Corinthians 2.16 talks about, and that is having the mind of Christ. I mean, what does that mean for us as believers? What does that mean in our homes, whether we're isolated or we have, we're, we're overwhelmed with, with, you know, constant difficulty or much difficulty. What does it mean, guys, to have the mind of Christ? Any thoughts? Well, I don't think I would get to it in my natural way, which would be like, oh, I'm going to get my study books out, yeah, and I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, great point. Um, because that's what we like to do. 
actually. I, I like to be the one who gets the credit. I like to be the one who, who accomplishes those <laughs> things. Um, but having the mind of Christ, uh, boy, I think of just the, the way that Paul talks about it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me from Galatians 2, 20. Um, I think of Philippians chapter 2 where um, he talks about being humble towards one another and have this mind which is yours in Christ Jesus. Um, and as we relate and having, ha having that mind of Christ in a sense and that, that humility of putting others first, it is essentially, you know, through, through prayer, through faith, through the work of the Holy Spirit, surrendering yourself and saying, Lord, what is your thoughts on this situation? And uh, sometimes it takes a, a few late nights. I remember early in, in my marriage with Katie, you know, you know, similar experiences where, you know, you're loving and you're serving and you're patting yourself on the back because you love and because you serve. And suddenly my list of how I love and how I serve seems to be longer than the other person's. And the reality is those lists are never accurate, mm. like you were mm. saying. You just don't, you don't see all those things. And then realizing to come to the point that you can't hold lists. Um, love bears all things, believes all things. It does not insist on its own way, as it talks about in 1 yeah. Corinthians 13. Um, I think of Romans 12, chapter 1, where it talks about the renewing of our minds uh, to the power of God's word. Um, approaching his word, not as a thing to be accomplished for my righteousness, but as a letter of love from God that I need to wash over me and renew my mind. Yeah, that's really good. I think it's important, too, to know that, like, well, with the um, trying to deal with people in your house or adjusting to having people around you all the time, um, in order to have a mind like Christ in that situation, it's a lot of self-awareness. But we can't do that on our own. We have to rely on God. Mm -hmm. We have to, we can't just, we can't just be aware of things immediately that's going on in our mind. I feel like I struggle with that all the time. But it's when I rely on Christ, I am able to notice when I'm, when I'm doing these things, when I'm passive aggressively washing the dishes. I'm like, do you know what? No, he, <laughs> he worked really hard today. And I mean, he... He did something, maybe, and so this is my turn to do dishes or something like that. So it's like we have to be self-aware and we have to rely on Christ to do that. And I think that's a lot of, um, I know I forget that a lot, knowing that God is in control and that I am not in control, especially when COVID is around. We're not in control. And mm -hmm. so though I, for an example, when I graduated, my job fell through. And so the whole summer I'd been working at Joann's, which... It's a great place, but it doesn't quite make ends meet. And so having this job was definitely a gift from God. He mm -hmm. was looking after me, and this is probably emotionally a better job than even working in an architecture firm right now. And so I think this was a blessing that I had not seen. And then, um, so I just showing that God is in control, even though we feel like it's falling apart. And going back to that initial verse we were talking about in Philippians, that, that you're describing that hope in action right there. You're recognizing what God is doing, what you have faith he will continue to do in your life, and you're bringing it to mind. And, and that is so critical when life feels hopeless and emphasis on the feel, because that's usually the way we go. We're, we're in tune with our feelings and not 
maybe reality. And that's why we get ourselves into trouble and become reactive rather than selfless and loving, right? It reminds me of another, I think, key issue that we're speaking to. And it's a very specific thing, so it may not relate to someone you know, living in more of an isolation situation. But this definitely relates to parenting. And, and I think every parent struggles with discipline. And, and I think that's in some ways magnified in, in what's been going on since, since March. Uh, there are many opinions on what is the most effective way to do that. And, and the Bible speaks to this as well. But I want to be able to address this as well, because here is a place where, you know, boy, uh, I think we can all use advice. And as parents, especially young kids or, in my case, teenagers, it's, it's something, it's a discussion that the church should be having. Uh, ben, <laughs> tell us how to discipline our kids and, during COVID here. <laughs> well, the parents' will is always right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. That's the way it uh, initially feels to me, you know, mm-hmm. discipline and COVID. Um, this is how you should do it because I'm the parent and I'm right. Yep. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, and as Kira has mentioned, self-awareness, which maybe would be better said Holy Spirit-imposed awareness. Absolutely. You know, where God reveals, like, this is you imposing your will as opposed to here's what Christ desires for my child or here how, you know, essentially it starts with me realizing like, okay, why does uh, my kid's inability to pick up the coat when they come in the front door Mm -hmm. perpetually bother me so much? Mm -hmm. Is that really an issue of the child or is that my issue? And then realizing, okay, how, how, how does Christ deal with me? And how, do I re- how can I be a picture of Christ in this situation to my kids? Um, obviously, there are situations that require discipline, you know, when my daughter bites my son. There's got to be something <laughs> disciplined yeah. down there. Um, but that mindset of coming into that situation, and sometimes, honestly, it takes me, before I go engage that situation, after I'm aware of it, I need to stop, take a few deep breaths, and pray. Because if I react out of my emotions, I am going to get in the way and make a mistake. And this is something that we're dealing with, you know, in some cases, every moment of the day. And that's why it becomes so difficult. And whether it's, you know, newly married or we're talking about, you know, raising teenagers, that's, that's just the case that we're facing. And i got to say, you know, I have kind of two thoughts on it. One, if we're going to really follow the example of Christ, not only will we not be reactive to a situation and we will pause and we'll take a moment and say, Spirit of God, lead me in what I should say next or what I should do next. But think about what Christ did for us and think about this selflessness. He was always right and yet they punished him for it. Every time. He was always right. We like to prove people wrong, right? Jesus was always right, and yet they killed him for it. And there's nothing worse than being accused of something that is not accurate, right? But Jesus is the greatest example of that. That's true selflessness, and that's something that we don't possess on our own. We can only do through the Spirit. 
And so it's this constant abiding in Christ that's needed. It's this constant, you know, um, relying on the Holy Spirit to lead us in any situation. And patience is critical to that because we are so reactive. I think you guys can relate. So within all of these questions and answers that we've been kind of talking through today, um, there lies this foundation of relationships and Christ being the center of those. Especially in this time of separation from others and maybe our church, how do we look for guidance on these issues and in our own unique circumstances? One of the first things that comes to mind for me is I needed to learn how I learned, and that was really important. Uh, during COVID, it's listening to good biblical podcasts. It's listening to things that edify me in a way that I really crave and want. It's, it's a way I learn. And there's so many resources available to us, um, good biblical resources that are, uh, that are done so well, um, so educational in that sense, and yet so applicable. So that's one of the first things that, that, that come to mind. I think of what you know, an organization like uh, the Bible Project is doing or something like that. Like absolutely incredible, the things that we have at the click of a button. And that has edified me first thing in the morning so that I can put on the armor of God, so to speak. So that's one thing that, that comes to mind. I think the second thing is open uh, means of communication. In other words, if you're in an isolation situation, you need to utilize whatever you have to continue opening up means of communication between your friends, between your family. Um, opportunities we have with you know, the tech that is available to us and learning those things, actually saying, you know what, rather than being stubborn, I'm going to learn how to do this so that I can reach out, so that I can connect. In the same way, if you're in a situation where, where you're you're inundated with a home that, that, that's busy and crazy. Husbands and wives, you need to stop. You need to hit the pause button, and you need to care about your relationship too. That's going to take something like, you know what, honey? We need to sit down, and we need to talk about this. We need to, you know, we, we need to give the kids something to do, and we need to talk about this issue. Even though it's not going to be fun, we need to deal with the situation. I kind of see both ends of the spectrum from that. Any thoughts, Ben? Well, and I think looking for guidance on these those issues and these, these challenging times, uh, by the grace of God, begins in humility. Um, if you're a parent or maybe you just have a close friend, um, and maybe you think back to a time when they asked you a very important question. You know, maybe your kid comes mm -hmm. and like, how do we know that God is real? Or a friend comes to you, you know, like, how do I deal with this situation? Um, think of how you felt at that time. You probably weren't super frustrated and angry, and like, oh, why would you put me to the effort of dealing with your problems? Yeah. Chances are you were touched yeah. that somebody took the time to ask you, they cared enough. But now look at the other side of that coin. Are you humble enough to reach out to a trusted person, could be the church calling the church and saying, I am struggling with this. Who can I talk to? Mm -hmm. Reaching out to your family. I think looking for guidance starts with honest, like we heard in our Sunday sermon, uh, honest confession to one another. 
really good. I feel like also kind of the, like Emmaus here, we have small groups. And so I feel like reaching out to those people that you've built the relationships with, I'm sure they maybe don't have the answer, but they could find the answer if they don't have the answer. But I mean, I think we've all been struggling with lots of very similar situations where we can at least grow off of each other. And I think those small groups are a perfect place to have those conversations because those relationships have been built too. So it's kind of, it's not like a stranger where you're like, well, I don't know if you're valid or, you know, so it's kind of like something where, you know, you know the person, so you are comfortable talking about those things too. That's such an important point. You know, we, we're doing our best to serve this congregation, to set things up like that and community that way for a reason. You know, we need that. And, and not only do we need it now, we, we always need that. That's the church. And it, God never intended us to do the Christian life on our own or do anything on our own. We are relational in nature because he is relational in nature. And I just think of his word because obviously we want to go to his word first in everything and trust his word. And, uh, and in that, I just, uh, I just think we have so much set up before us to be able to thrive. Yeah, I'm saying it, thrive, even in an environment like we're living. And we need to trust that God has a greater good in everything he's been doing through it. Well, I think those, this discussion has been very good. Um, great. And so I hope everyone at home has benefited from this as much as we have. Um, so I would like to sign off and say thank you for joining us. And thank you, Ben. Thank you, Nick, for um, having this discussion as well. See you next time.